Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl, JMWA. This month in celebration of Mother's Day, we are celebrating all the amazing moms all month long. For today's episode, I'm so excited to be chatting with the beautiful Afia Frimpong. Afia is a wife, a mother, a public health professional, and a trained full spectrum doula. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming the beautiful Afia. Hey girl, what's up? Welcome. Hey Julia, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. And for all of those people listening, funny story. So Afia and I actually went to high school together. Um, So it's really cool to kind of like just come full circle on this whole thing. So I'm excited to have you on and you're doing amazing things. So congratulations to you as well. So, thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes, of course. Like so I 15, just, 15 years later. Right? I know, right? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I know. It's so, it's so crazy, but I love it. I love it. Um, and you being a mom and also a trained full spectrum doula, like, can you share with our listeners why it was important for you to become a doula? And what exactly is a doula? Like, if people don't know what that is. So a doula is a support person. Um, They usually help you get through your pregnancy. So before you actually get into labor and delivery, they'll Mm -hmm. guide you with questions you should ask when you're going to your prenatal visits. And then when you actually go into labor and delivery, they're with you Mm. um, to kind of help you get through the pain, Mm. navigating, you know, health professionals in the hospital, making sure, you know, you're as calm as possible during this, you know, the process of just going through labor and waiting for the delivery of your baby. And then after you give birth, you have postpartum doulas. They actually Mm. assist you in getting, you know, acclimated to now having a newborn at home. Um, and getting used to just a brand new life, right? Yeah. Um, and they also have bereavement doulas. So doulas for moms who have lost the baby. Oh, wow. Um, that, that support moms like that. So <laughs> those are the three types of different doulas. And the reason why I got into this work, um, personal story, I actually saw, um, I, was ex- I, I was able to be with my cousin when mm-hmm. she was giving birth, mm-hmm. like about like four or five years ago. Right. And just based on the care she was receiving. So at the time I was working at the department of health right. doing outreach right. and we were kind of getting exposed to breastfeeding, receiving right. the education and promoting breastfeeding in the community and addressing some maternal health issues that are, right. that were going on in general. Right. Right. So it was crazy because that's the same time my cousin was pregnant. And mm. um, when she was actually induced and she was going through her whole process, right? I guess like the way she was receiving care, I felt could have been better. Mm. Um, right. And at the time, um, my fiance, you know, he was working for a program that actually provides doula services. Wow. So he was just like, you know, you should look into this. And I, right. at first I was just like, uh, I don't know if that's really like what I want to do. If that's my passion. Right. But I decided to take the training. I enjoyed it because mm-hmm. um, it felt real. You know, my yeah. cousin's story felt real. And right. now learning about it and learning that, wow, um, African-American women are more likely to die twice, three mm-hmm. times the rate as any other ethnicity wow. um, during childbirth. Like it became real. Like, right. wow. Or the fact that infants, some infants don't even live past the age of one African-American infant. So it's mm. just like, Wow, like black people are literally dying, not even having a chance at life. Right. And so many systemic issues that could be fixed or addressed 
in healthcare to save our lives. Right. So that's kind of what kind of got, got me started into the work. It's been so gratifying. Um, I like the fact that I can kind of like create my schedule, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like while I'm working a full-time job, I can also take clients and assist mm-hmm. moms based on like my availability. And right. it kind of keeps me grounded, um, rooted and grounded, mm-hmm. you know, and what my passion really is. So right. I, I never feel like down because I'm like, I can always do this work if I need like a pick me up to feel like I've helped someone. Right. You know, right. I made an impact in their life. And, I and I've made strong amazing. relationships in this work that I've done. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's truly, truly is gratifying. Oh, that's amazing, Afia. I think that's the most rewarding thing, right? Like you're helping another woman, another mom and the whole process of it. And the fact that it hit so home, you know, so close to you with your cousin, I just feel like God was very intentional, you know, and allowing you to see that and to do that. It's amazing. That's that's, that's so cool. So I just want to know, thank you for explaining that too. So can you share with our listeners the difference between like a doula and a midwife? Because I feel like sometimes are they like interchangeable or are they completely different? Yeah, I don't know how many times I've been called a midwife. So <laughs> uh, I'm not a midwife. Midwives um, are clinically trained. So doulas are strictly social support. We do not diagnose. Mm. Uh, we don't evaluate. If you have any clinical questions, we are taught to refer to your clinician, the person who's in charge of you know your health during your pregnancy. Right. What we do is strictly social support. We make sure that we're aware, we are aware of the resources available in your community. Mm-hmm. So if you need any type of social services or you're having issues um, you know, dealing with staff in a hospital, mm-hmm. we know who to reach in that hospital to make sure that your care is at the utmost, the best possible. Right. Um, a midwife actually, they delivered the baby. So they're licensed. They mm, went to school. Right. Um, they have nurse midwives and then they have just non-nurse mid- midwives who their responsibility is just to deliver, you know, ba- babies. Right. They, have, they, ha- they haven't had any nursing training. Wow. So those are the two types of midwives. Um, and midwives, um, the reason why they're so popular, you know, is that they're, uh, they support home births, right? Mm-hmm. So midwives can do home births. Mm-hmm. Um, they advocate for the more natural route, I should mm-hmm. say. Well, just to, just to, um, piggy, just to go back, all birth is natural, whether it's right. cesare- cesarean, vaginal. Like but that. when yeah. I say natural, I mean like vaginal births, right? right. So right. as you know, the, the statistics on cesarean births are very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really push for moms to get vaginal births right. um, in hospital as long as their health and their life or the, the baby's life is not at risk. Right. So midwives are great in doing that for moms that are looking that, you know, that are really trying to go for a vaginal birth, Mm -hmm. they're healthy, you know, they don't need any type of close um, monitoring. They're not high risk. Um, Those that's what midwives do. Wow. So that's the difference between a midwife and a doula. One is strictly, you know, social support. And a Mm -hmm. midwife, of course, is a clinician, a licensed clinician. Right. And then you can have both too, right? Like you can have both oh yes right so the program that I do my doula services under Mm -hmm. we have some nurses right so Mm -hmm. what even as a doula if you have a nursing background right um you are taught not to use your degree because you're not practicing as a nurse you're practicing as a doula so you have to know how to kind of like switch hats right because you know clinical providers when they 
provide services, right? They have insurance to back up any type of mm. error that might happen. Same right. as doulas, you know, we have an insurance to back up any practices that maybe, you know, you may have done some work and mm-hmm. some, who knows, right? You know, people sue all the time, right? <laughs> so <laughs> right. we have our, so that in, in regards to like, you know, the services we provide, we have insurance to back that up just as nurses when they're doing their clinical work, clinical work in a hospital in case, God forbid, you know, they are to blame for something. They have their um, insurance. Right. So right. we make that very clear. That is two type of different services that you're getting when you're dealing with a doula versus a midwife. Ah, got it. Oh, I like that. That was very good. Thank you for the clarification. Because, you know, sometimes, yeah, a lot of times people who don't really know, they can easily feel like, oh, is it the same or is it different? So I like how you broke that down. Yes. Um, A doula doula cannot deliver a baby at all. A doula goes in, it's kind of like a birthing coach. You're helping the mom push, right? Right. The obstetrician or the midwife actually catches the baby and delivers the baby. Yeah. I like that. It's like a team effort. I like that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I love that. So, you know, during your pregnancy, um, what were some of the challenges that you faced and like, what advice would you give anyone who may be facing challenges in their pregnancy? challenges well I would say honestly my pregnancy was like pretty good like I was active I was working I was (laughs) yeah like I was really I was I was great and I of course (laughs) um I researched my doctor I was not playing of course she went to school where where she was practiced where she practiced what hospital she came from right I knew all of that right right and I wish, you know, every woman Mm -hmm. had access to be able to do that or know what to look for. Mm. You know, I'm just fortunate enough to have this education and know the importance of making sure that there is a relationship with you and your obstetrician, um, you know, when you're, when you're about to have a baby and just because you have a GYN and they practice, um, OB, that doesn't mean you have to use her, right? Because they could be good for GYM, but you might not have that bond with them when it comes to pregnancy. Cause that's, that's, that was my situation. I didn't use my traditional GYN. I actually opted out and went for a different OB. Mm. Um, so of course I looked for a place that was close to me where Mm -hmm. I could do my um, clinical visits Mm -hmm. that was convenient. Um, the doctor, Yes, it is nice to get a doctor who can relate to you in regards to like, you know, ethnicity and culture. But my doctor actually was not, it's not even African-American. Right. Um, But she was like the best ever. Like, I remember going in there crying as weeks went by and I started to find out different things were just unraveling my health, like from gestational diabetes, um, then getting like pre-hypertension. Um. And then getting into like every week as I got into deeper into my pregnancy, I'll say starting by like 23 weeks, Mm -hmm. my health just started going like haywire. But she reassured me that, you know, I was going to be fine. She supported my decisions because I remember when I was diagnosed with um, gestational diabetes, they were trying to put me on insulin. Right. And I was like, I'm not taking insulin. I'm going to make sure like I focus, um, I control my sugar based on my diet. Right. So I had to basically like stick myself every day, four times a day to check my blood. Wow. Um, I had to document it on a piece of paper. So I would be walking around with like, you know, the little diabetes kit right. and the, my paper documenting oh my, my sugar. Um, 
Mm. It was a little traumatizing at first, of but course. you get it's, it's like you get used to it, you know. Right, what I mean? right. And right. then now I'm even more conscious about like my carb intake and my sugar right. intakes. Right. Um, and then even like when I got to like 31, 32 weeks, like the whole fasting thing was still kind of like not working anymore, which they said there was like as you get um deeper into the pregnancy, mm-hmm. fasting, I mean, um, diet control might not help your sugar so mm. we might put you on insulin depending on like you know how beneficial it would be so they try to throw the insulin back in there. I was like no I'm right. gonna continue you know what I mean because you yeah. know you're, again you're pregnant you yes. there might be some days where you're just like yo F it I'm gonna just, right. I'm just gonna eat this I'm right like, you know what I mean <laughs> right right <laughs> um it's true and it happens you fall off track but right. again they continue to monitor me they noted like okay she didn't want to take insulin they was like you know we have to document that she didn't want to take it i was like fine document whatever you want to document <laughs> i'm not pricking myself with the needle you know right, what i mean right um, right and fortunately i was able to make it through my whole pregnancy without without having to take insulin or Praise any god. type of medication Praise god um but i did get induced because my blood pressure was was getting crazy girl like wow. I, I remember i'm like 30 34 week or was mm-hmm. it 35 no it was 37 weeks and mm-hmm. <coughs> sorry and no, three no, days fine. uh-huh 37 weeks and three days I went for my visit and uh-huh. I was like oh the baby's heart the baby's heart keeps dropping it's coming back up but it keeps oh. dropping so the OB wants you to go to the um labor and delivery delivery so I'm like oh great great right <laughs> y'all been trying to induce me so <laughs> right when I went right. they was like oh we're gonna observe you for an hour so they didn't even observe me they was like okay we're gonna admit you and at that time like I understood what was going on. So one right. important thing is that you can advocate for yourself, but when you know health-wise you're at risk, like you just mm. have to, your health comes first. So that was it for me. Like I knew this whole sugar thing was like, you know, it was still fine. They wasn't even worried about anymore about that anymore. Right. They were just worried that the baby's heart rate, like for a couple of weeks as they've been monitoring with my non-stress exams, his heart rate was just kind of like right. being a little funny. Right. And, um, my blood pressure was now skyrocketing and I'm wow. like yo I swear every week like right the more I'm getting towards 40 weeks it was just more stuff so hmm. I went to labor and delivery they induced me I was in a hospital for like a couple of days right it was going well and then of course unfortunately it, it led into emergency c-section oh. so that's kind of why people don't like to be induced not saying that mm. it always leads into a c-section right but like once the bar- the baby's heart rate starts playing games, they don't play. Yeah, you know? like they're yeah. like, "Yo, yeah. let's deliver this baby." And, right, right. You know, when it came to that, I was just like, "I just care about my baby." Exactly. I feel like the minute exactly. I got that epidural, girl, <laughs> my son was like, "Yo, what y'all doing? I need to come out." <laughs> he was just like, "It's just too many drugs going up in here between the induction medication and the epidural." He was just like, "Yo, take <laughs> let me, me out, take me, me out, out. Me yeah." Out. <laughs> So that oh happened. My God. <laughs> and I swear, like, even after the baby is out, it's more challenges. Oh my like God. just healing from a C-section, yeah. trying to breastfeed, you know, like just regaining your confidence. It's like it's such Oof. a life change yes. when you actually come home with the baby. Yes. And then every day, like like mentally, I was in my head. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, that's right. the worst place to be. And it was also cold, you know, because oh. it's like a couple days to Christmas, you can't really see your family because you just had a baby and it's yeah, COVID. Yeah, you're healing from a C-section. True. Like I had to be 
wheelchaired out the hospital because wow. like I could I, cu- I couldn't walk like yeah. I felt you know yeah. like it was just a lot it's girl a lot. I, I was asking for every and any medication <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I was like yo give me all the pain medication right and let's right. see which combination works <laughs> for real like no it's, it's like crazy. at this point yeah and, and it's too much <laughs> yeah and mom's be trying to like Oh, they don't want to take the medication because they're breastfeeding. I'm like, no. As long as you tell me nothing's gonna happen to my baby, give me the drug, give it to me. Cause I like what you know, why go through that pain right, if you don't right, if you do right. not have to? You know what I mean? Right, it's not right. doing anything. Right, right. At right. the end of the day, you already got the C-section. Right. Like, just take right, the medication. Right. Take the right. drugs and be at ease so that you have the energy to do other things. That's true. Pain is That's crazy. True. That's know? true. That's true. And I think, you know, people really don't like just you hear, like explaining it. And obviously this is your field, you know, but obviously going through it is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so many things that can happen and I'm just grateful and thankful that, you know, you were able to go through the process and you made it out. But I think it is important to highlight that it this is the reality of it. You know what I mean? It's not like what you see on social media. Somebody just popped no. out the baby and then there's right. baby so, showers, you know, the baby yeah. showers. I'm like, all of that is cute, but people are not talking about the real, real. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what people don't do. So you just see mm-hmm. all the glitz and the glamour. You're like, oh my God, having a baby. But it's like, there's mm-hmm. so much. There's so, <laughs> I feel like we need to talk more about that because yes. that right there will help you understand like and prepare you for what you're about to go through. And, you know, it was something that you touched on that I do want to touch on because I know being a mom is really a blessing. Like it really is a blessing and it's an honor. So how did you after and even before mentally prepare and like through this journey like what has been the most like fulfilling part for you so I actually wish I was I always said this to myself I was like Mm -hmm. before I get pregnant I want to physically prepare my body mentally I don't think anyone can mentally prepare for a baby like even as bad as you want a baby right you don't know every baby is different my baby was very demanding like we thought you know he was gonna be no he was very demanding right and it was a lot it was a lot a lot a lot you know he's as he's getting older he's getting better but even there are days where it's just like oh my god I'm right like crazy you know (laughs) and I like to like think of myself to mentally I'm able to catch myself so Mm. that's always a good thing because not everybody is able to get out of that funk but there's many a times where like I'll tell my friends like I'll warm up a plate of food I'm about to eat Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden as I sit down to eat my appetite just disappears like I'm not hungry and it's just like if you know when you you know you're off yeah yeah you don't yeah yeah, like it's it's just crazy because I've never felt like this ever in my life right right you know no matter what type of hard circumstances I've been through I've never felt like this right and as we've been saying this is the stuff people don't talk about like yeah. postpartum depression is real there's many a times where I told myself yo I gotta you know what I mean like yeah I need to catch myself I need to let somebody know like I'm not fine because I'm not trying to have postpartum that's depression that's true you know like that's true what you hear of crazy stories of moms leaving their kids in car in right. cars or right. Um, right. moms ch- attempting suicide that's real that's so like and real. they just had a baby like you yeah. like that oh that woman is crazy like no it's not about crazy like right. do right. you know that that's that stress that's true. of taking care of a child yeah and then especially if you're a new mom you've never experienced this so it's like life-changing mm. you can't do the things that you used to do mm. you, like you said you don't realize it until you're actually going through it yourself and I right. think what's very important 
is having that social support. Yes. Having people who are generally going to be there and not judge you mm. and actually listen to you and help you and how you want to be helped. Because family is great, but not all family is good help. That you is know? so and true. You have to be able to identify that. that you have so to true. be able to let somebody know, hey, I don't want you here. Leave. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. be very blunt. Because at the end of the day, it's about you and your mental health. You're that child's mother. Yes. So if you're not emotionally available, right you are no good to that child that's so true you know it could affect so many things like breastfeeding Mm -hmm. it could affect so many things if you're not mentally and emotionally taken care of properly that's so true so um yeah as I said I was physically I prepared better it probably would have helped saved me from all these health issues right like of course you know, and a lot of the health issues I had were hereditary. I have family members mm. who have diabetes. Mm. I have family members who have hypertension. Right. And again, you always think, oh, you're young. You don't eat that bad. You know, right. we're Ghanaian and Juliet. Yeah. You know, look yeah. at all the yeah. starch, oh, all God. the carbohydrates we eat. And we're like, yes. oh, we're not eating fufu mm-hmm. every day. Like, mm-hmm. our, like our parents all, you know, right. jam and stuff like that. Right. So we think, right. oh, we're good. Right. But then right. when you're pregnant, certain hormones are released Mm. and you're more predisposed to all of these like hereditary is true wow like it's real right right (laughs) if you think that because oh your parents maybe had diabetes and you might not get it like because you're not big or you're not whatever like no like there's some things that pop up when you're pregnant that you wouldn't even know right that you wouldn't know Right. Even the skinniest of person or the biggest mm. of, of, of a person can get these illnesses, That's you true. know, That's and it's true. not your fault. Like, I feel like, again, my doctor reassured me, like, it's listen, it's going to be OK. That's it true. is not your fault. Like, it, my provider was like so amazing. Aww. Like when I was in a hospital, of course, I was a big advocate for myself. Right. I, I, I required things. <laughs> I was like, no procedure is being done to me unless right. my delivering doctor is here. They respected that. Wow. My I doctor like was even on call that night. She was just like, in case something has to happen, they're going to call me and I will come to the hospital. Aww. Like it was one point she was just like, Afia, I have to go home and, you know, I have to eat dinner <laughs> with my daughter. And I'm like, okay. I, you know, cause I was nervous. Of course. But it's like, of she course. still made me feel like, right. just text me. You're going to be okay. Aww. Like Aww. I texted her at 3 a.m. in the morning. She responded like, wow. She is like, God bless her. Yeah. She's so amazing. Like, I don't even know how to thank her because Aww. After I gave birth, I went into, I went to, you know, for a follow visit. I was just like, you know, thank you. Like, you don't understand how scared I was, you know? And then Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, you hear these stories Mm. of people, women, young women dying from childbirth because of neglect from a provider or something that wasn't caught. So I remember one visit, she told me like, you know, Mm-hmm. don't worry I understand what's going on I know right. women I know African-American women are are dying from having are you know are dying from giving birth but mm-hmm. don't worry you are in safe hands Amen. we have a team for you Amen. um you know I have an autoimmune condition even before pregnancy so wow. she was able to like reassure me that like you know we have a neurologist on the team that's right. going to make sure like that part is good like I had a I had a, um, what you call it, a pre-visit mm-hmm. with anesthesia in labor and delivery. Wow. And I'm just like, how often does that even happen? No. Like, you know, I was like, right. let me with anesthesia because I know because of my condition, right. maybe they, uh, epidural, 
might be good for me and might not be good for me. You know That's what I'm true. saying? But I wanted to speak to these doctors to just make sure that everyone was aware that when I come to deliver my baby, mm-hmm. they they are familiar yes. with what's going on with yes. me. Not like, oh, we don't know what to do. Right. Don't know to do. You know what I mean? That is such a good point of fear. Like, honestly, I'm learning and I'm sure our listeners are going to take a lot from this because you're so knowledgeable. But I just feel like that's such a good point. Like, it's not even just like, oh, you know, building the relationship with the person, but it's like actually doing your researching, knowing about your body, making sure that you advocate for yourself. I think that's such a good point. Like, I don't care if I'm being some way like, no, I need to make sure that I'm in the best, you know, and comfortable environment with the people around me to deliver this baby. And I think that's a great point. And I think sometimes some women, they don't maybe want to speak up enough or they trust the doctor to just take everything and that's it. But you have to advocate for yourself. I think that's such a great point. And, you know, speaking up is important, you know, and I, I think that's so genius. I think that's yes. so genius. It's so important. And it's not even about, I think it's just about knowing what questions to ask. And that's why doula is important because a lot of women, mm, it's educated. That's women. true. Like, I'm talking about lawyers, doctors, African-American that, you know, it doesn't matter your your social economic status, what type of education you have. When it comes to childbirth, there's a lot of women that don't know what questions to it's ask true. or true. feel like they don't need to ask because the doctor got it under control. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like it does not matter your educational background. If you don't know what questions to ask, you could potentially, you know, mm-hmm. be in a situation that's not good. So that's, so that's why having a doula is very important you know yes yes i i agree i'm definitely when that time comes gonna get a doula (laughs) for sure for sure because it does really make a difference and i think Mm -hmm. you know that's that's a great piece of advice um i would ask too like once the baby comes out right like what advice would you give moms on how to maybe like mentally prepare for that like as a you know trained full spectrum doula what advice from your perspective would you give like on how they can relax or how they can feel at ease aside from asking questions and doing that? Um, I would definitely say be vocal, mm-hmm. be vocal on your needs, what yes. you will feel, what you feel you would need right. when you come home. Right. If you aren't feeling well, speak, speak yeah. on it, tell your yeah. partner, tell yeah. whoever is at home with you. Once the baby is there, mm-hmm. if you don't have anyone reach out, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. NYC well is a hotline that you can call mm-hmm. um, if you're experiencing any type of mental stress. Right. Um, even if it's diagnosed or undiagnosed, it doesn't even have to be like, you know, it doesn't have to be depression. Just right. if you're feeling in the funk, you could even call that number. Let somebody oh, nice. know if you're by yourself, if you're not feeling well. Right. I've even personally used that number. You know, sometimes yeah. it's good it's good to talk to somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just stating, making sure that mentally you're in tune yes. when something is off. Cause I think many times we ignore right. our feelings right. and that can cause bigger issues down the line. So just being aware when you need social support. Yes. And I really think that's the number one thing when you come home. Also, if you plan to breastfeed, Mm-hmm. um getting support in that you know what mm, i mean i'm right. a lactation i'm a lactation counselor oh, and wow. i even had issues oh, breastfeeding right you know and right. i got the help that i needed like right. again you never know what type of support you need until you're in that situation That's but like true. there is help out there to be able to go through any obstacle that you're going through um the beauty of it is that new york city is so great you know yeah. what i mean there's so yeah. many resources here yeah that's so so never hesitate to just try to find the information that you need. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, amazing. Afia, this has been 
such an amazing conversation. Like, I feel like I've learned so much. Like you just pouring out all your knowledge and your own personal experience has been phenomenal. And before we wrap up, if you can just leave our listeners with one piece of advice on motherhood, on anything, let us know. And also please let our listeners know where they can connect with you and follow you on. Yes. So um, my take home note will be that motherhood is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, though I wasn't planning Mm -hmm. to be a mom, I am, I'm truly, truly happy that I got to experience this. Um, I love my son. I love my family. Um, And it's just a different type of bond, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And even though it's hard, it's not impossible because so many women have done it. right? And with far much less resources that I have or that we have today. Right. Um, And what I'll say is that, you know, for women that are thinking about having babies, Mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. Planning is important because it helps you know, address any issues you might have as you're going through the journey, you know, how to better help yourself. Mm -hmm. So definitely plan. Mm -hmm. Um, If anyone has any questions about um, looking for a doula or even becoming trained as a doula, if you're interested in learning how to get trained as a doula or are looking for a doula because you're pregnant, you can follow me at um, the underscore kente dot underscore doula. And I'll be sure to you know, address any questions that you have. Um, or if you haven't, if you're having any breastfeeding, you know, mm-hmm. concerns or issues as well, I can also, you know, be able to support you in that. So Amazing. it definitely was a pre- pleasure speaking with you. Of course. Um, of I course. love what you're doing. This Aww. is great. Thank you. Um, and Thank it's, you. it's, you know, it's good. It, this is good. This is good. Yes. I like it. I yes. Like it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Afia. This has been so much fun. Amazing. And honestly, thank you so much for joining me today. You are such a gem. Like you're an amazing mom. You're an amazing health professional, an amazing trained doula. Like God richly bless you for everything. And to our listeners, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. As always, make sure you guys subscribe to JMW Speaks so you don't miss a beat. See you guys on the next episode. Ciao.